Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. Um, all right. Let me pray before we begin. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for being worthy of our time and attention and our praise and our adoration. I ask that uh, as we think about uh, you tonight, we think about our culture tonight, that you would give us clarity and guidance and wisdom to um, understand ourselves, understand this culture, um, and understand the world that you made and how we play a part in it. I ask that you would do this because of what your son has done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> if you were here earlier, uh, the past couple of weeks, I'm not George. Uh, so, <laughs> apologies <laughs> for what you were about to endure. Um, what, we, what George and I wanted to do is, <clears throat> by the way, this is a class on deconstruction and reconstruction. If <laughs> you're supposed to be watching kids or uh, have something else you want to do, now is your time to, to bail without hurting my feelings. Anything after now, after like two more minutes is going to hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> So, but understandable, it's fine. Uh, but what the way that we had structured uh, this class or thought about it is, um, George, the first two weeks, gave us a background and an understanding of deconstruction. And so what it is, the history of it, uh, and where it comes from. And so the way that, the way that he framed it was basically like in a worldview uh, or in, the context of like post-modernity. And so uh, when I was growing up uh, in high school and college, postmodernism was like all the rage. Uh, and if you were in uh, college or church circles back in the early 2000s or late 90s, everybody was terrified of postmodernism. So like we're doing this kind of like Thing on deconstruction, we had those kinds of things about postmodernism, like what do we do and how do we fight it and what is the church supposed to do? And so um, those were all the things back then. Nobody does those anymore, uh, but not because postmodernism went away. Uh, it's because we're like, well, here, I guess it's here and we're just in it and we're done fighting it. So everybody just accepts it for what it is, is what it seems like anyway. And so what George did is he, uh, as he set the scene, he explained the history of postmodernism, which was a reaction to modernism. Um, and so it, uh, modernism, you know, in the 19th century, or sorry, you know, late 19th century, uh, 20th century, uh, you have this worldview where people are hopefully getting better, science is gonna improve things, people are living longer, um, and societies are getting better and better and better. And uh, unfortunately that led to, or yeah, part of it led to uh, the chaos of like world wars, right? There's this globalization and people can fight each other on a global scale and we can kill each other really efficiently. And so that was all thanks to modernism. Uh, <laughs> and so you have uh, like industry rising. And so then there begins to be a reaction against that. And um, one of the, and what we call one of the reactions, I guess, is this postmodernism. We, 
we see that like that's not the answer, right? And so we're like, well, it's not like human, humanity is just gonna get better and better and better and then until there's utopia. So something's wrong. But what, what we've done or what this, by the way, when I talk about us and we a lot, I mean like Western civilization, right? And so uh, <clears throat> even though I talk about uh, postmodernism and postmodernity, we, we're not, even though like we are the center of the universe, like we can go ahead and say that, like we feel that, um, we're not. And so <laughs> there are cultures on this, on this globe that aren't, uh, that don't live in this exact same context. And so we do, I think it's helpful to be mindful of that. I didn't introduce myself. By the way, my name's Josh Warren, if I don't know you. And um, I'm just a member here at the AV. And, but <laughs> I do work for a ministry, uh, a global ministry that does pastor training internationally, mostly in Latin America and in Africa. And so that's, so a lot of my work is with uh, cultures and countries that are very different than my own. And so I'm not going to say, yeah, everybody's like me because I'm very aware that they're not. And so the, the issues that we're gonna talk about, the issues that we're dealing with, those aren't global issues. These are our, this is our baggage <laughs> and our stuff. Um, not everybody's going through this. Not everybody has to deal with this. Thank God for a lot of it, honestly. And so um, it's kind of nice. Uh, but we, what it does is it helps, it helps me to remember that this isn't, that everybody in the world isn't like me or us, and that um, the spirit of the age, I don't know if that's the right term to use, is not global either. Um, every, every culture is dealing with stuff. They're dealing with um, how to defend their faith and how to deal with uh, non-Christian culture and what to do with that. Uh, but, they're, uh, but the way, the things that they have to deal with are different than the things that we have to deal with. And so um, this is very specific uh, to our context. And so when we think or talk about um, postmodernism, uh, the good news and the bad news is, the good news is like we don't have to go to a bunch of conferences anymore, and you don't have to read books on postmodernism. Have, it, have any of you read a book on postmodernism or read a postmodern book? Thank goodness, Trey's not here, so he would be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Trey read enough for all of, our, all of us. Um, they're the worst. <laughs> it's so <laughs> confusing, and it's boring at best, and, like, and it makes no sense uh, at worst. And so, uh, but we don't have to do that anymore because we're just kind of here. We're like, all right, it is what it is. And, um, and so, but we just, we're aware of the culture. And that's what George brought up. He said, you know, it's just a part of us. And so we need to be aware of what's going on. And I think that's helpful for us as Christians to just kind of be self-aware of who we are uh, as a society, who we are, right, as a country, who we are maybe as a city, and who we are as the church, right? I think that that um, introspection uh, and self-awareness is going to be helpful for us as we're um, working with one another and then working uh, outside of the church as well. And so what we learned about postmodernism is there are good and bad aspects of it. Uh, it's not all, it's not all bad. Uh, can anybody tell me some good aspects of postmodernism? Some things that we might say are good. 
if there are any. I think we ask more questions now. We don't just take things for granted. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's always been done. That's right. Yeah, might have to be on the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. So there's this questioning uh, of authority, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you can question systems and things. Anybody else? Anything good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, yep, there's a spot at the table for, any, for everybody. There's, it's almost like that's an assumption, right? And it's seen as like you're, you're breaking some kind of law if you don't do that, right? If you're, if you're exclusive, then that's somehow this cardinal rule that you're breaking of this pact that we've made as a society. But yeah, that's definitely postmodern. Everybody's equal, right, too. It's not just like, you can come up, but you're not at the head of the table. Everybody's, I suppose, in a sense, should be relatively equal. Anybody else? I don't know, I can't remember anything. Um, yeah, <clears throat> there are good things about it. Um, and I think that that uh, understanding of it, there's an emphasis or impact or there's emphasis on story. And so <clears throat> for, for Christians, that's appealing to us because we have a Bible that's a story. Uh, there's these narratives uh, that, <clears throat> that we're a part of. And so um, for believers, that's, that's something that we can really grab onto. There's before this in, in modernism, it was just what are your beliefs? Like, what are the things you believe? And then if you can fight those things or argue against those things and win, then you are the, the right thing to believe. Uh, but that's not really how uh, uh, life works anymore um, or discussion. But we've also seen, uh, obviously there are bad things about it, right? Author right? All authority is bad, basically. You, could, you should question authority. Uh, what else? What are some of the other negative things that we saw? Uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. Which is also why the books are really hard to read because then it's like, <laughs> right? Because then it's right. you can't do this, but I'm saying this, but. So, which means, you know, like they undermine themselves, the snake eating its own tail. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> anybody else? Kind of like everybody has their own understanding. Like, you know, you're, you have your world and I have my world. If that makes any sense. It's like, you know, I, I'm a product of my experiences and my mm -hmm. experiences are my thing uh -huh. and your experiences are your thing uh -huh. and nor the two shall meet. So right. So it, I think it kind of causes lack of unity. Right, so there's, there's pluralism, but it's, everybody's valid somehow in their, in their yeah, in their, in this relativity. Yep, uh-huh, yep, which is hard to navigate for anything, honestly. <laughs> comes, as, we've, as we see more and more, like how that comes into play in society. Um, anything else? I feel like I wasn't here for Brick too, so I don't know if this is going on. Go for it. But Okay, that's, <clears throat> I think that's part, yes, that's part of it, but what also happens 
is uh, what I think postmodern philosophers would say. You guys, Trey. Uh, so I, I don't know. Trey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but people find communities. And so, and, and it's these, but it's, you find your little community and then you do all your stuff. Yeah, so you find like-minded people and then you go in that, in that sense. And that's how you get, that's how you find meaning in life and truth and what to do and all that stuff. And so it is individualistic, but it's also communal. And we'll talk more about that for sure. Um, <clears throat> but what George also reminded us, he, he said that God, God has always co-opted culture, right? And so we have a God in heaven. Is God like me? Is God like, is God six foot three with bad posture and bad eyesight and overweight and with a, a beard that he's trying to make work? Huh? <laughs> and devilishly hilarious. Uh, but is, is God like me or is God like us? Yes or no? For the most part, no. Okay, right. Maybe it's always, right. Um, we're in the image of God. I get that. So that was the trick thing that you're probably like, I'm not stepping into that. But, so well done. But God, you're, no one is like God, right? We believe God is other than us. And so, and we are comparatively to God, very low. It is very, it is impossible for us to understand God, to try to comprehend God. That's just what we believe as Christians. So what God does is he reveals things about himself through, um, through, through means that we can understand, right? And so we believe that God wants to communicate with us, that he created us to be in relationship with him. And so he is going to use tools that we can grasp and understand to reveal himself and the world um, to us on a level that we can understand. And so one of the ways that he has done this is all throughout history, he has used things in culture to, um, to point to him. And so when he tells Israel to build a tabernacle or temple, they're not the first tabernacle or temple that the world has ever seen. And so, but they have an idea of what they are because they've seen them around, right? It's a part of culture, but God is going to take something that's already there in culture, and he's going to make it his own for his own people, right? God uses language, right? So even language that we use, uh, God will take that and shape that and use that for his own like for his own glory, right? So we have <clears throat> the Bible that's used. God uses human authors. Um, the way that we believe that inspiration works is these people aren't just speaking out of like a trance. They're speaking where they can understand it to an audience that can understand them because God wants all that to happen. And so they're going to use not only language that the people can understand, but they're going to use like terms and things that people can understand, right? There's no, unless you are a true, real good Southern Baptist, are you real, are you like a Southern Baptist? Not anymore, okay. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist, so I, 
I can mess with them. I can mess with us. But, uh, right, so the Bible doesn't talk about helicopters. Unless you read Revelation, you re talk about grasshoppers, and you say those are helicopters. That's fine. But the Bible doesn't talk about machines. It doesn't talk about electricity, right? Um, God, we assume God knew about electricity, but it's not there uh, in the scriptures because he's speaking to a culture that wouldn't understand it, and he wants them to understand, right? Also, we, and I'll include myself here, don't know Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek, which is what the Bible is written in. And so, but we do, we have these tools that help us to understand it because we believe that God wants us to understand. And so um, even terms and ideas that come from pagan philosophy or pagan culture, uh, God uses those as well to, those, some of those are in scripture as well. And so God is fine. God has no problem using things that are already in the world that aren't necessarily Christian um, to uh, give a good idea uh, of who he is to his audience, to uh, the people that are receiving it. And so um, we can assume that that can still happen today. God is still in the business of co-opting culture or using culture for uh, his own gain and to get glory for himself. And so for us uh, as believers today, we can assume that we can be a part of that. And so, because uh, there's generally two, two schools, right? There is uh, the one school that, there's like the world, right? If you be careful of the world, the world's gonna drag you down, like that kind of thing. And so we stay away from the world. We wanna stay pure and good and holy. And so we insulate ourselves from the world. That's one school of thought. Or you can be out in the world. So those, and then there's different levels of that, right? And then you're, but then you're a part of the world. Well, okay. Or, but you're engaged in it. So you can either insulate yourself or you can go out. And so for most of us probably here, except Bob, uh, we, Bob likes to insulate. Um, just protecting it from falling asleep. <laughs> so I just say his name and he's like, oh no, <laughs> did he ask me a question? <laughs> yep, I saw you, I saw you. Uh, <laughs> so what we do is uh, we believe that culture is something to be engaged and also hopefully not something to fear. And so um, whatever we talk about uh, as we go through this class, we just don't want anybody to be afraid and to approach any of this stuff with fear. Because um, we don't have to be afraid. So, uh, what we looked at last week, if you weren't here, um, I want to kind of use this as a jumping off point. Uh, there are four reasons for deconstruction. There might be more, there might be uh, better categories. I'm too lazy to think of better categories or different categories. Uh, but these uh, will be fine. If you didn't get a sheet of paper, sorry. Uh, there's some over there. Sorry, Douglas. Um, but we see one, uh, when we talk about deconstruction, people that are leaving the faith or are question, kind of questioning and unraveling their faith. Um, you have one, church hurt. Uh, <clears throat> so the church has done something and so that has caused um, either trauma or some kind of, uh, something needs to be um, understood, right? There's, you have two opposing forces at one, uh, with one another. So there's church hurt, 
and so people could deconstruct because of that. Sometimes there's poor teaching in the church, and so churches, maybe not specifically abusing people, but there's not much substance to it. Maybe there's not like a real gospel or there's a false gospel type church. Um, people can leave for that. Uh, sometimes there's a desire to sin. So um, you have people that might want to do something that the church or the Bible or Christianity would object to. And so what you do is you just say, uh, you reframe your beliefs through that so that you can, so that can be resolved within you. Uh, and then uh, it could be just following a trend or popularity. Uh, what did George call it? Street? Uh, what, I didn't put it on this. Yeah, street cred is how you brand it. So uh, the idea, like it's a, it's a trendy thing to do uh, right now. And so uh, especially with people with platforms for some reason, and so you'll have a lot of Christian leaders, church leaders, um, musicians. So people that I feel like everybody, I can, I know most obviously about my little Christian church bubble, but I feel like a lot of people my age and that I grew up listening to or following, a lot of them are like the kind of forefront or front leaders of this kind of deconstruction trend, this public, I would say public deconstruction trend. So the ones who talk about it a lot and are posting on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok with all of their, their new ideas. So, um, <clears throat> so those are the four categories that uh, I want us to kind of keep in our heads as we go forward. So, but I was thinking through what is, like what actually is deconstruction uh, in Christian circles, right? So we're out of like the postmodern philosophical understanding of deconstruction. But, and we, and if you've heard, some of you have heard this term, some of you might not have heard this term. I talked to, we were, I was talking to somebody Sunday, were you there? I was talking to somebody and they're like, I don't know what that is. And I was like, oh, okay. So somebody's like, I don't know what deconstruction, like a Christian. And I was like, well, that's fine. Oh, was it you? No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, was, it, was it you? I had to go see your mom because she said she That sounds right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't expect me, I don't think I would expect her to know. It was somebody that was like, oh, okay, you don't know. That's, which is fine. But, so some people don't know. And some people I'm like, like I'm almost a little tired of hearing about it. I just feel like I hear about it a lot. But, but what do we mean when we're talking about deconstruction? Um, <clears throat> so there's three ways that, that I think about it. So uh, the first way is that we, when we're talking about deconstruction that we will use it is some people will leave tradition. And so people will question how they grew up, the Christian, the, the kind of church, the Christian subculture, whatever, like their, their church upbringing. And so they will grow up with that and then they have to wrestle with it. Or if you're in the South, wrestle with it, uh, if you grew up Southern Baptist, and then you and then do something else, right? But it's this idea of you're kind of taking a step back and and reevaluating kind of that. Uh, an example of this, I guess a more serious example, and obviously he's not being impacted by postmodern philosophy, but like Martin Luther, right? So Martin Luther, Catholic monk, he sees problems in the church and uh, he starts getting pushback as he starts pushing against the church. 
and he starts reevaluating more and more. And so he doesn't just wake up one day and say like, I wanna start a new denomination. That doesn't exist. There aren't denominations. He's like, yeah. But as he starts trying to dig more and more to see what's true or not, or what's Christian or not, or however you wanna view it, like he even goes and he's translating the Bible on his own. And he's saying, oh, I think these books should be in the Bible and some of these books should not be in the Bible. So he's even doing that, right? It's very, very kind of deconstruction, but he's like smart enough to actually do a lot of the work of it. Most people are like, I'm not learning Hebrew and Greek. Um, that's not, most people are a little too lazy to do all the work, but <laughs> old Martin Luther, they didn't have a lot going on in the 16th century. So like, yeah, they didn't have internet. So he had time to learn languages and do that. But he even goes, I mean, he, uh, you have the, the book of James, like Martin Luther doesn't, he kind of doesn't think James should be in the Bible anymore. So he's not like, I don't know. There were things that we would look at and be like, whoa, you need to, hold up, buddy. Some of that's okay. So, um, but Luther's one who uh, rejected tradition in a way, but he had to reevaluate his tradition. And so he ended up kind of starting to, yeah, starting a new one, um, even though he was forced to because he was excommunicated, so he didn't really have a choice. Um, another thing people do when we talk about deconstruction is they leave the church. So some people are like, I'm just either I don't know or I'm kind of done. And so they leave the church and or they just think like the church is not going to be my expression of spirituality or whatever, right? And so that would be maybe the kind of next level. They're just like, I'm, I'm done. Maybe they just want their Sundays for brunch. Could even just be that, right? There's a lot of different, like, I don't know the reasons behind these. There's ver various reasons, but I'm out and kind of done with the church. And then three, uh, we would say the person is done with God. So uh, the person's like, I don't know if I, I don't believe in Jesus anymore, don't believe in God anymore, not a Christian. And so, right, so there's three different kind of things. There's like the reevaluation of, it's like you're still in the church, but you're trying to figure out the best expression of the church. Then it's, I think I'm done with the church, but I still believe. But, and then there's this, um, yeah, I'm done with it all. And so that, in my head, those are the kind of three, I don't know if they're different levels, but the three things, any of those things I would call like deconstruction, but there's a spectrum. Does that make sense? Um, when I think about it. So <clears throat> when we think about though, and what I want to do, sorry, it's the smaller crew tonight, but I wanted to take actually a lot of time. Um, and I wanted to take time for you and not to break up in groups, but for you to tell me, um, like personal, personal stories that are personal experiences anyway, that you have had with this, if at all. And so we get to be a little bit vulnerable, but it's, this is a safe, safe place. Um, but I wanna know uh, about kind of your experiences if you have them. And so because um, <clears throat> I think that, yeah, we can look at it as us and them, right? Like we're the good Christians. And then those are the ones who are like, if they're Christians, like barely Christians, 
but I think a lot of times we want to really be aware of, of what's going on in our own community first, right? To be self-reflective uh, and self-aware. So um, we'll start a little light. Uh, if you, if somebody or some people will be willing to share, uh, tell me something or describe something that has caused you to question your tradition. I'm, I'm being super broad. Yeah. Okay, because I could... I, no, no, no. And you can go super specific. But, because um, I'll say this. Did anybody grow up evangelical Presbyterian in here? Yeah. Nope. So, so Everybody's done something. Everybody got here somehow, <laughs> probably, through something. If you grew up in the church. If you didn't, then welcome. Uh, but... Anyway, so nobody's from here, is what I, you know what I mean? We're all uh, immigrants from somewhere else. So, yeah, but what, anybody have anything? I think this is what, I'm For me, it was like exposure to Reformed theology. Okay. Kind of was a cage traveler. Okay. For me. Right. You grew up Southern Baptist? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I could. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Yeah, okay. So, uh, theological exposure, exposure to Reformed theology. Uh-huh, yeah. Because you like, wait, what? But I was told that kind of thing. It's like you grew up kind of one way and then something else was presented. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. What is all that's those ideas? No. <laughs> or that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Family. Yep. Uh huh. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. You know, and to be unified. And then you see people that get really angry with each other about things that they feel like are supposed to be the way you do worship. You know, like we yeah. had this conversation last week. Like, you know, a friend of mine's like, well, if they don't play the organ anymore, I don't think I can go to that church because that's what touches me. And so it's, it's, a, it's a tension that we have to navigate. And, and I've had struggled with this. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like, you want to feel presence of the Spirit when you're mm-hmm. in the church. You want to be, like, if that music speaks to you, right. but it might not speak to somebody else. Sure. And I, run, and I run into this, like, well, I don't like that kind of music, but I like that kind of uh-huh. and, and then you start to reevaluate, and this is my thing, is like, okay, am I really on board with why are we having, like, you know, our old, old other EPC churches, what's more formal than sure. uh-huh. was like, you know, you have to have an accolade and wear the robes and come in with the Bible and put it, you know, these and certain types of prayers that you do. Sure. And it just kind of like affected me in saying that we're doing stuff just because we always did it and we don't even know why. Right. 
and it makes you kind of start to question what else are we not doing you know and okay you know, yeah, yeah. uh-huh anybody else Uh-huh. I think that even just being around different mindsets about what space, like how we look at our country, uh-huh. is wildly different. And so I can look at the tradition I grew up in, and I just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Um, oh, <laughs> I grew up in rural North Carolina. No, like what church denominated tradition? Oh, it was mostly, mostly non-denominational. Oh, okay. I was Wesleyan for a minute. Oh, okay. Then, but like, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, I got Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Wesleyan and then non-denominational. Gotcha. And then, so, in that specific context, like, location-wise, there was such this heavy, like, pride of America yeah. influencing worship mm-hmm. in lots of different ways. Uh-huh. And then I moved away from that, and then I was like, oh, other people don't think this way. And then I moved further from that, and I was like, oh, we should be questioning some things here. Yeah. And so, um, that was just, like, I think that me moving out of a specific space kind of began to... Yeah. No, no, that does. Yeah, that does. Anybody else? Like I said, this is this is share time. I'm not. I don't want to teach all this whole time. I got. I got nothing. It is. I literally have what you have. (laughs) But. I just hate to see the people people become divided over things that are not essential. And you know, it's my, my, and I do think there's a lot of value to studying theology, reevaluating it, rethinking it, getting into scripture, the living word all the time, because it, it develops your understanding and your values and, and what, you know, because people get into these non-essential things and, and they start not, they start separating. And it really bothers me when that happens. You know, it's like I'm going to, you know, like say not be a member of this church yeah. because they're doing some really insignificant thing. You know, it's not even theological, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just the way they pray and the uh-huh. way they carry, you yeah. know, things. And uh-huh. so. Bob, look at my notes from next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be getting into that for sure. I wasn't like going to church because my parents went there, you know, because we grew up, I'm a sister, so we grew up Southern Baptist and went to the same church from like second, my second grade year on, from what I can remember, through college and all that stuff, and you just keep doing it because you're known there, that is your family, you know, that's your church family, Mm -hmm. and there are things that you don't agree with, but they're not, it's like, well, I mean, it is, there's going to be God everywhere, right? So when I moved, my first move was across the world (laughs) to Kenya, and I had to find a church to go to. Well, culturally, there are a lot of divisive issues over there, you know, like women pastors and stuff like that, and Southern Baptists, that's a no-no. So I was faced (laughs) with, like, why am I uncomfortable with this? Am I uncomfortable with this because it's wrong, or am I uncomfortable with this because it's a cultural wrong? You know, and so having to face that and really like seeking that for myself, like 
it boils down to is this a salvation issue? Is having a woman pastor a salvation issue? No, I can go here, you know? But like, it took years, <laughs> years to get to that level to like finally boil it down. And um, Myra threw all the mud to be like, this is not a salvation issue. Like, it's fine. But, you know, mm-hmm. but that took a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a really long time. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Of course. Do you think that postmodernism and deconstruction has hurt children? Sure. Yeah. Like hurt or help? I like, mean, do well, I have to pick a? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, obviously, the you know the church used to be this big cultural thing, like we were talking right. about. Like, yeah. Everybody went to church because that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. You just followed us, and you really maybe weren't like even like the Church of England. They used to force people to go. Right. And then, you know, that's where the, the um, it's just more Puritans came <laughs> You're out. like, taxes yeah. go to it, yeah. yeah. It's like, you what know, you do. That's where Puritans came out. It's like, just because you sit there in church every week, because otherwise you'll have to pay a fine. Yeah. What is that? You know? Right. So, I mean, but I'm seeing now that people are like, less people are actually cultural Christians. I uh-huh. Mean, yeah. Yep. So yeah. you think... Cultural Christianity is going away. Yeah. Which isn't the worst thing in the world to me. Don't, don't hate that. Because yeah. <laughs> I grew up in cultural Christianity. Right. Yeah. And so, which... And like just as a product of my environment, like going through the mid late nineties and like grunge and punk rock, like you're not supposed to be fake, right? That was like the worst thing you could be. And so like there is this push for authenticity. And so um, would you rather have people in church just to have them? Or would you rather everybody just be real, man? And I don't know, I'm gonna just be, Baptist, Baptist want the numbers. I'm still on Sunday school rolls in the Southern Baptist Church. Um, so for these four things, uh, the church hurt, poor teaching, desire to sin, uh, or falling trained in popularity, uh, have you personally experienced uh, any of these reasons for deconstruction? Or have these hit you, have any of these hit you personally for that have either caused uh, like personal tension or spiritual tension? or whatever. I have a really good friend that uh, said he's a believer and stuff like that and decided he struggled with homosexuality for a long time. And then just in the last couple of years has decided to stop struggling and he's just gonna embrace homosexuality because the Bible says it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. They were just talking about it out of a, like and not in a marital context because the Bible, you know, is outdated and it's not up at the current time. So like I've seen him go through that, and that has been really hard. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, to, like, walk that road with him, but also not walk in a condescending way, you know, has been really difficult. But also, I have to embrace that I'm not his Holy Spirit. You know, that's not my job. So, um, but yeah, watching that has been, mm-hmm. and I've talked to him a lot about you, so that's why he's like, mm-hmm. About me? No, I've talked to you about Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh. Do you think that we've all experienced some of this? You know, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's all four of these things that touches everyone, some, some degree. You know, the following the trend in popularity street cred, you know, I don't want to do that. I tell myself every day not to do that. But then you can sit there isolated by yourself or you can hang out with people and, you know, and you'll fall into that trap sometimes, you know. And mm-hmm. you know so. Yeah. Anybody else? Let's see. 
You share or not? You just keep smiling at me. And so I, I know you've got stuff, but you'll have to. Okay. When your lost friends act more caring and loving than the people in your church, you're like, what? You know, like, it, it <coughs> turns your whole world upside down. You know? Yeah. I had a similar thing. It wasn't, like, I didn't have any kind of big thing, but it's like, all, like a lot of you said, it's a lot, all like a little bit of, or all of it, right? So, grew up Southern Baptist, but then... So hearing also about Reformed theology or different theologies that I know my church wouldn't agree with, but the church that I went to wasn't real strong. And so like, well, they don't really know. I think I know, you know, I'm like 20. And I'm like, I think I know more than them, which is the worst thing for a 20-year-old to believe. So, uh, and I wasn't married. So I had like no, no reins on, like nothing could bridle me. <laughs> so it was just un, unchecked pride (laughs) and so and so it was um so then I'm like well now I've got to rethink everything and so and then rethinking everything combined with you know life is hard sin is hard being perfect like being like growing in Christ is hard and I don't think I'm doing that what does that mean and so then it gets to like well what's true and like is God real like if I hadn't been born where I was would I even be a Christian or would I be a Muslim or an atheist or whatever depending on where I was born and so um, all of those things personally and I'm finishing Bible college and about to go to seminary and like dealing with all this and and which is you know it's scary because then it's like and you're kind of left you're just nothing like you're just like well now you've got to do something with all this. Um, and so for me, like you said, it was, it's, it's, it's a difficult and painful thing. It was for me going through, like take, being willing to take everything away. Like there, there is no God. And now I got to figure out what to do. Um, and so now I've got to start putting it together. And can I, and I couldn't was the, was my good problem. Um, so it didn't make sense outside of that. And, and so I think that in my experience anyway, uh, it, I think it was a good thing because it, because now I got to build a foundation, but it's got to be like a real foundation. It's not like I grew up in church. My parents taught me this. My pastor taught me. (laughs) It's like, oh, I know why I believe it. And I, because I've had to put every block on it (laughs) as I go. Um, but yeah, but it's not definitely not fun um have any of you let's see have any of you left the church just wondering like ever or like yeah no no i think i I saw y'all most of you sunday (laughs) yeah Uh, i don't know if anybody's has anybody like deconstructed and reconstructed i'm just i don't know my parents my family did you did all of them yeah when i grew up Mm-hmm. Big cathedral, it was beautiful. They had all kinds of 
programs going on. And my parents loved the minister. And then he retired. And they got this new guy in there. And he was just so toxic, talking about politics mm. and things that they didn't feel like. So they like went over the top. That like we went. I remember visiting this other church and didn't jive there. So then they stopped going to church altogether. So I'm like 10, 11 years old, and church is not a thing anymore. Yeah. And so I went a long time without really any kind of any church. They they threw it away. Uh-huh. I mean, they said, "Oh, we're Christians." Yeah, of course. We, you know, we'll, right? We'll, yep. We we pray. You know, we might even read scripture, mm-hmm. but. but Forget the organized church. I mean, the church hurt. Yeah. Can shut you out. Yep. So that was hard. Yeah. Um. So do you? Does anybody else have an experience like that, where you or family or someone close? Does anybody know anybody close that has left, that has deconstructed or left the church? (laughs) Almost everybody. What about you? Okay, good. <laughs> I see that hand. Um, it's my cousin. So, yeah, so it's, it's around. And, but I think that one of the things that we can look at is that when we see this list and we kind of think through our own experiences, like we can be pretty sympathetic, right? This isn't foreign. And so a lot of the fault, I think, lies right lies with the church right and so like the church a lot of churches most churches will say like you should expect excellence right and so they they we they i don't know how to if i should claim ownership to but like put themselves as like a city on a hill right like this is we are god's representation to the world and so what what we have seen that do and i think this is like unraveling as like at this moment is that that posture is just getting destroyed, right? We're seeing um, these these churches that set them out set themselves up to be perfect. These speakers and teachers and leaders that set themselves up to be not perfect, like but basically the second coming of Christ to some degree, and then they fail us, and that's just leading to more and more like disillusionment right we see that and we're like oh man he said that or she did that or that church or my church did I didn't know all that was going on in the and so then and they're like and that's supposed to be my everything right they're supposed to that's supposed to be the center of my world they're supposed to my church is supposed to be the thing on earth that leads me to God and if they're just a bunch of dirty rotten sinners then how am I supposed to and what does that mean? And so I think that, uh, so we, I think that we can sympathize with people that are like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm out on that. And then uh, I think also think that, I don't know, there's, when people hear uh, false teaching or bad teaching, we can maybe say, I think that that is, it's an easy thing to attack, but it's also an easy thing for us to also be like, yeah, that's not either. I think most, I can, I can kind of sympathize with, um, if you've talked to your friends or loved ones or people that you know that are kind of out on church 
and you say like, oh, what's the problem? Usually they'll be like, the church did, or somebody did something, which is understandable. It's like, yeah, they shouldn't do that, or they should apologize, or what, and just be like, at least decent human beings, at least, ideally, <laughs> they would repent, ask forgiveness, and all that stuff. But we put a lot of stuff on Christians, so we can't expect them all to act like Christians. And so, but when people represent, I feel like, the church, they say like, I just don't agree with a lot of stuff. And then they'll tell me what they don't agree with. And I'm like, I don't either, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, well, they believe that Jesus was American. And then he came to earth and like shot machine guns. And I'm like, well, I don't know that that's what Christianity is either. <laughs> and, and so um, I see a lot of people will, um, who are kind of out on the church, will find like the low, the low hanging fruit, right? Of like, oh, this guy on TV or these people on TV or like the politicians that are Christian. They're like, oh, like, oh my gosh, stop with all that. <laughs> um, like, and so they're like, and so they just say, well, that's Christianity. And so I'm out on that. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm, I am too, I guess. If like, if that's what we have to do. Um, and so I think we should hopefully be aware that um, or sympathize with like, yeah, just because there, there are people I'll even say in the church who say and teach bad things. And so, but we can hopefully, and I think this is like, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir on this, but like we can admit those are bad things, right? We don't have to protect the purity. Of, like it's not our job really to protect the purity of the church. Um, that's Jesus's job, like to purify it because it ain't pure. And so we can admit when there's faults um, and should be willing to do that, right? We're not like, well, if you just understood, like we don't really have to, we don't have to be those people. Well, we love and protect the church. Of course, but, but yeah, that's true yeah. too. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember that you can't just protect your church. You have to love your church, you have to protect your church. You you're say, surprised. but you're saying my church? Well. So we talk, that's, that's the, the, the sticky church. issue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. You're what do you mean by the church right. though? Right. <laughs> the big overall church, because that's the thing. It's like there was no, they even got to this in, in the Bible. Like, uh -huh. There's no church of Peter. There's no yeah. church of Paul. Uh -huh. Where people started like, oh, I'm a Paulian believer. Yeah. And, they, and you start elevating your pastor yeah. to like something above mm -hmm. just another sinner. Because the worst thing you want to hear is people like my, my sister's husband who passed away would never go to church because he's like, I can't go to church. I, I, I have so many sins. I'm such a bad person yeah. that there's no way I can fit in with y'all. Uh -huh. It's like, dude, you know. Well, that's a myth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's our responsibility to understand that we are, we're all sinners, even the leaders, and we all fall short. Right. You know, like, look at the books we've been reading, the <coughs> minor prophets talking yeah. about, you know? And uh, so if you don't, you have to build your faith and understanding in community with other people and love on them, but nobody's going to be that all everything it's jesus yeah you know you look for that in a person like that's it. true but yeah i was gonna i was gonna mess with, i won't i won't mess with you but it's like but if somebody says my church your church yeah yeah, yeah right but it's like oh this pastor was abusing people it'd be like well i could say some things about you know what i mean like yeah that's yeah. evil and awful yeah. and so even though is that my is that my church I'm like kinda you know and so finding out what are we, what am I responsible for? And so that's where we're, yeah, it's a little harder. But I think with those individual conversations, we 
I think we just, we're just honest, right? We also, but I think that is a good point because there is a tendency a lot of times. Also, I'll, I'll use me as an example. I, I'm trying to think of like the tactful way of saying this. Uh, like church politics and like, I guess, yeah, not necessarily infighting, but like stuff that goes on inside individual churches are, is fascinating to me. I, that's my real housewives kind of thing. Like that, like, I don't need to see somebody get thrown into a pool. I just need to be like, oh, what? He said this about so-and-so. Da, 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 da. And so I don't, uh, I don't necessarily thrive on it, but I just, to me, I would, it's just fascinating how, like the inner workings of a church. Like how does the church handle power? How does the church handle uh, interpersonal dynamics? How does the church handle like pastoral staff and people? Like all that is just fascinating to me. And so it's all, but it's, what it does is it makes it really easy for me to bash the church because I'm glad you're all sitting down. No church is perfect. <laughs> and so Tim's not listening. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's true, except for the Avenue Community Church uh, and our beloved Pastor Tim. But, but because no church is perfect, we can just, it's easy to find, it's so easy to find the flaws of any church, right? I can find the flaws of our church really easily. The more you know the church, the easier it is to find the faults. And then the ones that we don't go to, that's even easier because we don't, I don't even know them. I can <laughs> criticize anybody, I don't know. And so, um, so I think that, that is a good point is we don't want to be the type of people that are like always looking to, looking for a reason to put others down um, because that's, that's a really easy tact to get onto. Um, anybody else have anything they were thinking of or that they wanted to share? Okay, that's fine. Um, so <clears throat> I think that I do want to frame uh, a little bit of this, at least biblically using the Bible. Uh, and we'll talk more about the Bible next week for sure. But I think that when we're talking about deconstruction or questioning or things like that, uh, the Bible's a really good book to read. Um, if you have read through, wow. if you've, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, I would, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, uh, you gotta put the in front of it. You know, holy's optional, but you'll find it. Uh-huh, God. Well, a lot of people, but they had some help. Um, but the, uh, but when you read the Psalms, the Psalms is like my favorite thing in the Bible. Uh, you read people who are like, God, are you there? Like, are you, where are you? And those are like, the, that's in the Bible. And by the way, that's the songs. Like they're supposed to sing that. Like you go to church and you're all like, where are you, God? Like, that's crazy to me. I, uh, I need to get Mike. I need to call him and ask him to do like, <laughs> do a rap for Psalm 88, like the most depressing rap ever. But like, those, are, those things are in the Bible. So one, what that shows us is it's not unspiritual to question God, honestly. Honestly, God is the best person to, question, to ask those questions to. But like, if you can start with that, that's ideal because um, he can handle it. Um, it's not new and you're asking the right person. Um, but it's, but that's a normal thing. It's been going on for, God's people have been questioning 
him, his intentions, his goodness forever. And so it's, it's okay. That's not new, right? And so that's, I guess that's my point, is we're not, this isn't some secular culture thing that's creeped into the church and people are questioning God. It's like, I can show you from 3,000 years ago, people are questioning God. And so that's, that's not a new thing. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, a few things to think about, uh, but we don't, like somebody said earlier, I forgot, like deconstruction hopefully is not the end result ever. Um, if you talk to, uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, John Cooper, there's a band called Skillet, Christian band Skillet, and they're like a little older than me, but they're from Memphis. And so I grew up like, no, like listening to them and going to their shows before they were Skillet and all that stuff. And so John Cooper wrote this article about deconstruction and, um, but he said, he was talking like against it. And he's just like, it's really interesting that a lot of these Christians, these public Christians have this public platform and they're promoting Christianity, but then in like, over the span of a year or two, they flip it 180 degrees and then they say the opposite, but they're still using that same platform for this thing that is a year or two old. And so he's just like, I just find it, there's just this, in general, his critique was a lack of humility with kind of the public personas of people who are like wrestling with their faith, struggling with their faith, and then use, but using their platform to kind of promote that. Um, which I thought was fair and valid. And so um, I think for us and understanding deconstruction, it's not, it's not a place that's satisfying. Like I'm not, in a sense, I'm not worried about it because that, that can't, that's not the end. It can't be the end. And, and when we talk about it, it's pretty new. Like this idea is, like I haven't heard much about it more than 10 years ago. And so... And my uh, inclination or suspicion is that this is going to be like postmodernism, like where in 20 years we're not going to be having this talk about like what is deconstruction and all that. So we're like, oh, you remember that? Like that was a fad that went. You see, I've seen so many Christian, like Christian, anti-Christian, whatever fads through the years, and so I think this is one of them. But it's still a real thing. But. Um, but I don't think it's sustainable, just like I don't think postmodernism is like by itself is really sustainable because it's, it's, there's not like a substance to it, right? There's, you're, you've taken everything away, but you've got to build, some, you've got to put something back together. And I think that that's what we as Christians know. Like, it's, so that's one thing, it doesn't make sense to us, but also um, for me, it gives me hope because there, I don't think it's a, a sustainable place to be. It's just believing in nothing and just, because all you are, I think it's called, oh, apath is it apathetic? Not apathetic. Does anybody know, like, the thing where you, ar you only argue against something? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No, it's like the, it's like a word. It starts with an A, but like 10 years ago, I would have known it. No, but it, like all you do is argue against something. Yeah, so you're, you're only saying, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that. But you never say anything, you never have a positive, right? So you're never making a positive claim ever. So your whole existence is telling everybody what you're not, which is kind of what deconstruction is. I'm not a Christian, I don't believe, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that. So what are you? And that's what construction is. Like you have to do, 
It can't be just that. And so the idea of like that kind of arguing is, it's something, like you have an idea of what somebody's not, but there's no, but if you write a paper, that was the thing, is like I would have to write these papers and it's like, there's no substance to your paper. You're just arguing like what, what isn't the right answer. <laughs> so just tell me what the right answer is. You're like, well, not that. Anyway, that's not helpful. Um, and so for us as Christians, there we, and I think for most people, you, there just needs to be something of substance. And so, that's fine. That's something, <laughs> right. And so, but then it's, but now, but you just can't argue against right. nothing, right? You can't have a conversation. You're just like, I don't believe in God anymore. Like, okay. But then you go, what do you believe? You know, do you believe in anything, right? Those are the kind of next, hopefully the follow-up, yeah. the, the discussions lead to, right? Well, I don't believe the Bible says this about homosexuality. Well, it's got to say, it says something. So what does it say? You have to say, and so you either say like, I don't believe it's authoritative. That's fine. So you do believe it says that, but you just don't agree with it. Or this, it has another meaning that you believe. That's okay. That's something. And so, but then the tricky part, anyway, I'm getting off track a little bit, but the tricky part is, but once they say, I think it's this, then that's a, that's a real thing that can be argued. Right. And so now it's like, I don't think the word meant that in the first century. Like, well, if I can research the first century and show that it does, then you've got a problem again. And they're like, yeah, right. So, but if you can say it's not authoritative, then you're like, I can't make it authoritative <laughs> for you, <laughs> sorry. So, um, so for us as Christians, First uh, Corinthians uh, 15, 19, if somebody wants to read that for us, if you have, oh, somebody brought your Bibles. I just wrote this little thing there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Right. So, if we're believers, we hope in Christ, but the resurrection is not true, then we, we're idiots. And that's true. Like, so, it shouldn't make sense. Like, what we believe in who we are isn't like a logical, natural position. So, so in a sense, so if somebody's like, I can't, I don't want to be that or whatever, like this, we should, I, I agree with them, right? If I don't believe Jesus rose, you don't, you're not on board with all that? Yeah, then none of it makes sense. So it, Christianity is, if that's not true, is easily unravelable. Ravelable? That's not even, none of that's a word. Just ignore all of that. So, yeah, so, uh, so for us, it is, in a sense, foolishness, um, or we're to be pitied. So, but when we think about how we can reconstruct, George talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago, but um, while it is an individual thing, a lot of times, um, there's always community. I do really believe that part of the kind of the, just who we are as people in general, but also the hallmark of Postmodernism is community. And so like, if we're going through it, who are we doing it with? If other people that we know are doing it, who are they doing it with? And generally, you're gonna end up kinda like the people you're around, generally. And so, but if we are with those people, what does that, what does that mean for us? Like how to, which that's all next week, what we're gonna talk about. Um, what type of people are we in this community for people who have deconstructed? But, um, 
people are, people have to con they have to build something and they're going to people are going to do it in a community somehow and so um so just be aware of that even though it is uh, personal or individualistic a little bit authority is a real big thing and we're gonna talk about that a lot next week too so how should we view the bible and the church and those kinds of things like what is that um what does that look like? Uh, because the, you kind of can't get around it. People really want to. They're just like, if I can get rid of, just get, get all the authority out so there's not, so I don't have this Bible thing hanging over my head where I'm like, oh yeah, I believe the Bible. Um, yeah, I'll talk next week about individual examples of what people, or how a lot of, I would say churches are doing this too. Um, getting rid of some of the Bible, which isn't new, and as authority. But then also uh, people rejecting the church as an authority, which, is, which makes more sense, right? Because it's easier to point and say, like, they're wrong. Or the, we can point, you can read a newspaper and say, like, the church is doing things wrong um, and say this so they shouldn't be an authority, which is kind of a criticism. But, but then what authority should we uh, accept? And then also... Um, how should, what does it look like with those authorities, right? Does that mean, because people hear me say like, the church is my authority. Like Douglas is <laughs> my spiritual boss, honestly. He prefers shepherd, but I just say spiritual boss. Um, but like, he's responsible. Like he's, uh, you're an authority over me. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh huh. And so and we're going to go over a rigorous list after this, but, but like, what does that, what does that mean? Right? Is it to me that's a good thing, um, but a lot of people say that that's bad. But it's but it's true, right? And so, what does authority of the church look like, um, and how how does that work um, in our in our culture um, for to have kind of people and institutions over us? Uh, and then finally, uh, this First uh, Corinthians two. Um, if you want to, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Oh, you want to read? Um, let's let's do just do verse fourteen. Is it 1984, 2002? <laughs> we will find out real quick. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'm fine with that, which, IV. Which verse now? <laughs> Sorry, 14. Yeah. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Yeah, good news and bad news, guys. We can't, we can't fix anybody. But good is we can't fix anybody. Like, Spirit does that. And so, and the Spirit will do it better than us, than we would. So, the things that we communicate, the things that we try to do, the things that we question, um, if we're in Christ, I'm not afraid. Like, if God is who he says he is, he's bigger than all this. He's been around a long time. He's bigger than your questions. He's bigger than my questions. He's bigger than doubts. He's bigger than leaving people leaving the church. Um, and so I'm not that scared, right? And so 
I mean, we're Presbyterian, so that means, like, God's going to get his, right? So we at least believe that, like, God's in control. And so, um, so while it seems like the world's gone crazy, we've never seen a philosophy or people leaving or whatever like this, all this apostasy everywhere, God king or not, right? And so um, we believe that he is. And so it, this is a spiritual thing. It's not a, even a philosophical thing. Um, that doesn't mean we just wipe our hands and say, God's got it, see you later. But what it means for us is that we can, we get to help God. We don't have to worry about him, really. Uh, just to get a little bit of the Holy Spirit working uh, in the work that we do. Like, he's, he's got it. And so we get to play a part in that. So, um, let's see. Gil, you want to pray? We will go. guys you did remind me like through your prayer like I think our church is pretty good but like we would also love to be a church where like if somebody is questioning whether God exists like this is a good place to do that because there are a lot I've been there are a lot of places most places most Christian spaces are not safe for that and so uh, we also want to think about that as well but I think yeah thank you for reminding me in your prayer so